Oh, you know what? It turns out I lied. I'm not actually ready. I don't have my notes up at all. Oh, no, I've just opened the oh, same notes twice. So rude. Pro streamer, or pro podcaster, rather. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm CJ. I'm Amanda, but I feel like that was so underwhelming in comparison to the level of energy you just gave. I'm so fucking warm. <laughs> welcome to the Australian heatwave where everything Ugh. fucking sucks. <laughs> I thought about talking about the heatwave as like... There was like a lot of articles about it. I'm like, I could just talk about yeah. the heatwave, but like, nah. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be in the cool lull in the week. No one wants to think about when it was hot. I mean, also, I feel like everyone's just complaining about how hot it is anyway. Do you really want a segment where we also complain about where it's, you know, it's hot? That's literally what's happening right now. And uh, I feel like my face is really red. It's hot. I don't like it. Make it stop, please. That's the end of my complaining about the heat. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to stop halfway through the stream and go get a cold Coke out of the fridge. <laughs> oh, can you get me one too, then? Yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> As promised, we're going to do the bunyip and the yowie today. I almost said the yowie yeah. and the bun- bunyi. Or- the what? The bunyi? <laughs> the bunyi and, and the yowie? Uh, that, is that the crossover that we need? or Maybe. If a I mean, it bu- sounds terrifying a, since I know what both of those things are. a bunyip and a yowie have a child? <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Mm. Did you learn anything about the bunyip that you didn't know before? I don't think so. Okay. I didn't learn much new about yaois either, so. So how are you, apart from being insanely warm? Tired, sore, had a fucking busy as shit day at work yesterday. So basically, it's all complaints. It's all complaints. Apparently, although I think they were saying like yesterday was the most I'd ever made in one day at the bar, so. Nice. Yeah, with the Triple J Hottest 100. Oh yeah, what was number one? I didn't even listen to it. I don't know. The only songs I recognized on the Hottest 100 were Get On The Beers and Hell WAP. Hell yeah. It was also the first oh, time Oh, WAP ever. was in there? What number yeah. was WAP? WAP was higher than Get On The Beers. Get On The Beers was like 14. I think WAP was like six. Also, for a note, that was the first time I'd ever heard WAP. Oh, it's quite a quite a bop. I was thinking though, like, what, like imagine if a guy came out and brought a song out that was like... Uh, hard ass called? dick or something rock hard penis yeah but see okay here's the difference no one wants to hear about that exactly <laughs> but then i was also picturing like ben shapiro being like okay it's not natural for a man's penis to be hard mine's never been hard ever in my life <laughs> my wife says it's okay <laughs> oh fucking hell <laughs> okay i mean that does sound like something he would say yeah I mean, I think the Prime Minister of New Guinea that I met at the time died this week. Well, he actually died a month ago, but they buried him this week. Well, that's very sad. Yeah, he was in, um, oh God, I'm sure I remember his name now. Hang on. Oh, did you hear that Larry King died today? Really? I, yeah. I kind of know who that is. I've seen like one, well, I mean, he's like a talk show host. And I think he was in his, I want to say 90s. Yeah, he was from, I'm picturing an older guy. Let me have a look. But yeah, I seen like one tweet. I yeah, don't know what happened, but apparently, yeah, he's passed. 87. Mm. 87. There you go. My maths is bad. Yeah, Makere Morat. Moratu. Morat. Moratua? That's a bit of. I don't know why I'm struggling to say his last name. I don't think he was the one I met. I think I met the one before him. And when I say I met them, like the dude was just on the same plane as us one time. <laughs> I mean, that's still like a more personal interaction than I was expecting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But no, it's a shame. He was um he was only in power for two years, and it was a good two years. 
Uh, a lot of people today saying, God, I wish we had him around for a bit longer. So some people were comparing him to, um, who's that famous Singaporean leader? The guy who basically created Singapore. I'm not sure. Lee Kuan Yew? Yeah, he was the prime minister of Singapore from 1959 to 1990. But like, he was like the Papua New Guinea version of Lee Kuan Yew, except only in power for two years instead of 30. <laughs> right, okay. Mm. So he did a lot of good things is what I'm assuming. He set up a lot of good stuff and it looked like it was going to go really well and then it got replaced and it all kind of went to shit. Right. Okay. Um, how about our prime minister this week? He's a... Uh... <laughs> you know, if people didn't already think poorly of him, uh, I just feel like he keeps saying things. What was it he said this week? Um, so he was saying that the people on the first fleet didn't have a good time during oh. Indigenous genocide either. So it is the <laughs> Australia Day long weekend here in Australia right now, uh, which is kind of like the closest thing Australia has to an Independence Day, I guess. Is that fair? I mean, sort in of. In terms of what uh, it's meant to be about. So it's, it's meant to be celebrating like the day Australia was founded. But really, January 26th is the day that like the first European convict ships arrived and colonized and invaded Australia and it all just kind of went fucking shit for the people who are already here. You know, we're talking yeah. about like. Well, like most indigenous people, it didn't go well for them. Yeah. You know, you've heard this story. It always happens. White dudes turn up. Everyone else yeah. gets fucked. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot of big push to, like, change the date, especially amongst younger people. I agree. We should change yeah. it. Do you? Of course. The whole thing about this, it's so weird because Australia Day hasn't been on January 26th for that long. Like, it changed in my lifetime. It's too close to any other public holidays. Move it. It's your benefits. Yeah, put it in, the, I think, May sometime is what the suggested date is meant to be. I've heard but some like, people saying May 8th because it's, like, Mate Day, and I hate that. I mean, I hate that, but it's better than what we've got. <laughs> it is. But I also hate, like, May the 4th as Star Wars Day, because people are like, May the 4th mm. be with you. Uh, I hate that. Dancing but, Stormtrooper. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I just, I don't really understand. There are so many people who, like, cling to that January 26th date that, I mean, it doesn't mean anything to us. We haven't had that as Australia Day for that long. I mean, by, by Scott Morrison's own admission, the people on those boats weren't having a good time either. So why should so we why be celebrating, are we celebrating that? it? You're yeah, right, Scott. Exactly. We've got to change the fucking date. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think it was sometime in July that Australia Day used to be. Yeah. I so know. we're not attached to it, is what I'm saying. You like, are, it's though. not. If, you, if you're sitting here saying for a couple of hundred years that had been Australia Day, I would maybe sort of understand why people were like, no, we can't change it, but still not really. Um, but it hasn't been that long. Like, just I change think it. It's just a matter of time before it's changed. I reckon another it two will, years. It will get changed, I think. Whether or not. Honestly, I think what people should do is just. A lot of people now just ignore the day. I think mm. people should just come together and decide, you know what, we're going to celebrate it on this day. And then everyone just does it anyway. Fuck going to work. What are, you gonna, what are they going to do? If everyone is having the day off, what, are they going to fire everyone? Yeah, Fuck exactly. Them. But that means that you have to get everyone to cooperate, which might be difficult. Yeah. I yeah. mean, honestly, most, I, I don't know many, like, absolutely, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Patriotic Australians. They're definitely out there. They're definitely out there, but I don't know many. I feel like it's not really, like, I, don't, I just don't feel like Australians in general are really like that. I don't think anyone really cares when they get the holiday. As long as they get a day off, you know, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's all they care about. They don't really care about the significance of the day or... Um, surprisingly, though, like one of Morrison's MPs upped him, oh, Andrew that's Lamming, right. in his now deleted post saying... <laughs> Deny it's Australia Day, that'll help petrol sniffing and school attendance in remote Australia. One, what? Yeah. I mean, that's it, just what? what I, no, two, one. 
Oh, there's so many man. problems with the statement. You can't <laughs> fucking say that. Does that mean if we celebrate Australia Day on the 26th that those those problems will go away? Yeah, exactly. No. It doesn't mean that at all. Plus, if you're also <laughs> admitting that there is an issue in those regions, why aren't you fixing it? Um, because if they were to have a better life, God would have just given it to them. <laughs> I mean, we, we say that, but that's basically what our Prime Minister thinks. It is. That was what he believes. Yeah. If you're poor, if you've got cancer, if you're dying... God willed it. That was his will. Exactly. He chose you to suffer. But you should worship him. Actually, this actually (laughs) ties in perfectly to my first story. So can I go first? Hell, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, Because I'm going to talk about Hillsong. So perfect segue. (laughs) So you know how the other week we had your sex tips um, about how to (laughs) deal with, uh, you know, social distancing while having sex and all of that? Yeah, it mostly just came down to using a little grabby claw on a stick. Yep. Yeah, so that was where you were really focused on your tip, was mostly owning one one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this time I've got some more sex tips for you guys. Has nothing to do with the COVIDs, though. These uh, come from Hillsong founder Bobby Houston. Okay. So she's... She... She's going to tell us how to keep your husband or partner happy. Well, actually, no. Actually, only husband. Excuse my phrasing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Bobby. What's that short for? Is it short for anything? Roberta? I'm not sure. Probably. Mm. I hadn't even thought about it. I did initially, when I read it, thought that it was a man, but no, it is a woman. So Mm. if for some reason you don't know what Hillsong is, because it is worldwide now, but it was founded in Australia, unfortunately. It's one of Australia's large... This is going to be hard for me. I don't know why I can't say this word. It's one of Australia's largest evangelical churches. Evangelical. Uh, See, I still can't get it right. I don't know why it's a hard word for me to say, but it is. So if you also don't know what that means, like, do you know what that means? No. Some religious no. bullshit. I mean, I know it's like some Christian stuff, but apparently it's a movement within Protestant Christianity. I don't remember which one that is either. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go into a full theological... Um, is Protestant the one started by Martin Luther King after he's like, this is all bullshit? <laughs> yeah, that was um, the Protestant reform, wasn't it? Yeah. They're basically born-again Christians. Mm. Um, that's how I'm going to just phrase it. I know that that is, doesn't really cover all of their beliefs or anything, but I feel like if you say born-again Christian, people will know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the ones who decided, hang on a minute, it doesn't make sense that I could rape and murder everyone in the world and then give God five bucks and he'll be fine with it. Yeah. Um, probably Welcome not how to Catholicism. <laughs> I was raised Catholic. I'm too well-versed in that uh, attitude, but anyway. <laughs> That's why they touch kids, because they're like, I'll just fucking chuck God two bucks at the end of the session and he'll forgive it. Well, I mean, the whole thing about Catholics is that you don't even have to give money. You can just ask for forgiveness and you'll get it. Anyway, they're definitely one of those churches that think a few boppy songs about Jesus can convert people. So they're like mega churches, I think is probably the correct term, where they have like the big concerts and all of that. They're, they're one of those. So I, I don't, I think I might have shown you this movie, but if you've seen the movie Saved, it's the exact type of Christians that that movie makes fun of. I don't think I have seen that movie. Oh, such a good movie, you should see it. Anyway, <laughs> it's got a Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin Culkin in it. Oh, no, you have shown me that, yeah. Yeah, good movie if you haven't seen it. It's like a, a, what's the word, satirical movie yeah. about Christian schools. It's, it's very good. Anyway, Bobby Houston founded the Sydney-based megachurch, um, and she's, she's given some sex advice for a long and happy marriage. The advice came from a CD that she released called Kingdom Women Love and Value Their Sexuality. And surprise, surprise, it's no longer available. A CD? A CD. 
Like a music CD or just an audio CD? Like an audio CD. Because that was a thing at some point, apparently. Oh, I guess this is an old one? Or is this like a recent I, I don't know. Thing? It didn't actually say when the CD came out. I assumed that it was recent, though, because this was recently right? in the news. The article was dated the 6th of January this year. Does God not believe in podcasts? Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. Are we um, heathens for creating a podcast? I don't know. Oh, I'm probably a heathen, but no, I don't think it's for the podcast. <laughs> So, obviously, firstly, you should only ever have sex with your husband, never anyone else. That's the only person you're allowed to have sex with, just to... What about him? I mean, I... Sorry? What about him? What do you mean him? You can only have sex with your husband, so who does he have sex with? His husband? Well, no, his, his wife. This is uh, advice coming from a woman's perspective, yeah, so... Yeah, just two women, yeah. I get <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's kind of standard in those kinds of religions that, you know, sex is for marriage... All that. So, yeah, it's pretty standard. But I'm going to give you some quotes of some real gems that she <laughs> that she gave. One of them is, when it comes to personal hygiene and maintenance works, for example, get your teeth fixed. A mouth is supposed to be very desirable. What? Don't suck your husband's dick unless you've got good teeth. Apparently. A Christian message. <laughs> Well, this is the whole thing is that like, is she, is she saying give That's your husband head like if you me. got like a good teeth? You got a crooked tooth, you might snag the wang. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, that's a quote. That's going to be a CJ out of context. <laughs> She also advises that you should moisturize your entire body because you have to keep your skin soft for your husband. Ah, oh, so that's what those gallons of lube you can get on the fucking Amazon are for. Just climb into Only one that. of the Just... <laughs> I'm moist now. Um, again, <laughs> CJ out of context. <laughs> How are you going to type? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll just put it like the, um, the subtitle can be mouth noise. <laughs> I mean, you can uh, just cut this clip and post that instead and say out of context. True. Another amazing quote from her. Back pain, plumbing bits. Okay, get them fixed, get them healed, or go to a doctor. I'm not joking. Because you have to be in good physical shape for your husband. Get them fixed or go to a doctor. So I think what she's saying is that, like, don't let yourself, like, you know, don't let yourself have back pain or, like, have issues with your reproductive system. Go get them fixed because your husband don't want that. But I feel like she's implying there's someone you should go to first before a doctor. Also, I mean, what if the back pain is from your husband giving you the dick? <laughs> well, I don't know, but apparently you should get it seen to hmm. ASAP. Okay. But I think her best and probably most offensive one was this gem. This is really hard for me to say, this one, because what she says is actually really awful. She said, if I carry weight, I feel like a arsler. <laughs> How are you going to do anything to surprise your man when you need a crane just to turn over in bed? I mean, mm. one, she uses a slur. Two, she is basically saying that unless you're slim, you're not worth your husband's attention. Okay. It's really bad. The whole thing is just really bad. I, yeah, don't like that at all. <laughs> the, the other side of this, though, is that, like, apart from using, like, the R slur, which is obviously not good and very offensive, the other advice is kind of just, like, life advice. Okay. Well, I mean, like, okay, what I'm saying is that, like, if you want soft skin, use moisturizer. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Duh. Um, but I think the problem I have with this advice is that you should only do it to make your husband happy. You should only do it to make yourself sexually attractive to your husband. Yeah, never moisturize for yourself. No, don't even bother. It's not worth it. <laughs> I think that's the part that I'm just like, what the actual fuck? Uh, yeah, and I mean, th that that's all of it, but it's just so outdated. 
I feel like obviously in her world, only a man and a woman can be married, which the law says not the case. And you should only look after yourself if you need to be attractive to your husband. Mm. She also just feels extremely outdated. I don't know. How about just like do whatever the fuck you want if it makes you happy? How about that? (laughs) But God says that's a sin. Apparently. She's really concerned about you having sex. Not the children in Africa dying of starvation. None of this plague business. He's really just focused on like you. God is just a big pervert. I mean, it kind of paints him that way, doesn't it? Yeah, the thing he's most interested in is what are you doing in the bedroom? Yeah, I, I don't. It's it's really weird though because like I guess it's repression, isn't it? Because that's a huge focus of like were, were these religions founded religions. by like fucking mega incel virgins who were mad other people were having sex? It really seems like it. Um, have you not watched Vikings? Mm, but those are the guys who followed it. You know, they were voluntary celibates. You know. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but it, it kind of seems like they seen what I guess. We, we will term pagans were doing and they were all just basically fucking each other all the time and they went like no that's wrong and then decided that part of the basis of their religion would be no one can have sex with anyone unless the law says so mm. boring <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotta i don't get it missionary only yeah it is it's just repression isn't like it like hedgehogs what hedgehogs they have sex in the missionary position oh do they <laughs> Yeah, I well, didn't know there's that. fucking spikes in the way if they do it any other way. Oh, yeah. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Um, so th- there you go. There's some hot sex advice from Hillsong. Awesome. What were you doing yesterday about 5.30 in the afternoon? What was I doing? I was at work. I was probably just sitting here on my computer. On your computer? Okay. Okay. Well, there was a 15-year-old boy riding his scooter in Carlton, Melbourne. I say, yeah, 15-year-old. He was approached by a group of 10 youths. And they stabbed him. <gasps> no. Why would they do that? Don't know. That did. seems... Did they know him? That seems Possibly. Rude. It's one of the okay. speculations. Um, but I mean, still, even if you know someone, don't stab them. Life advice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving it out today. If you All know someone, advice. don't stab them. Even if you don't... You know what? Blanket, don't stab anyone. They're okay. Advice. Uh, he's alive. He's in critical condition, but he's still alive at the time of reporting, at least. Uh, it is currently under police investigation. As I said, they think the boy knew the group, and at least one person's been arrested and is currently assisting with the investigation. But like I said, this happened almost 24 hours ago at time of recording, so there's not mm. a lot out about it at the moment. Did they say how old the other boys were? They just said youths. So I think that implies they're Assume under, under 18? 18. Yeah. Mm, okay. God, could you imagine being that age and going out and stabbing people? Well, it's like the... Um, I, I did a story a few months back about that man in um, Sydney who was walking home and got stabbed by all those youths, remember? True. What are you guys doing? Stop it. Let's fucking stay home and play Fortnite or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather that. Video like, games. Honestly, just stop. Just, why aren't you just out smoking marijuana like oh, teenagers when I was in high school? <laughs> Yeah, it's all just fucking... It might mellow them out a bit. Yeah. No marijuana, no drugs, no alcohol. Let's just go stabbing ye. I mean, not that I'm condoning illegal drug use, because weed is still very illegal in Australia, but... Could, I think could we can all rather stone teenagers sitting there trying to fucking eat bread <laughs> that they've just sprinkled cracked pepper on than out stabbing each other. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's all I got, though. That's that's, that's it? That's just tiny. Oh, my God. So That was like broad daylight. Yeah, it, uh, it happened on Cardigan Street in Carlton, Melbourne. Can't say I'm familiar. I mean, I know Carlton, but I don't know the street. Um, So if you saw anything and you're listening to this. Call Crime Stoppers, please. Yeah. Uh, When are you doing your uh, bunyip? Bunyip story is the last one. 
The last one. Okay, well, I will then do what I was intending to do last. So my second story, I'm bringing back a segment that people seem to really enjoy um, on our podcast, and that's shit. No, I was going to say shit stories. <laughs> no, seriously, like the amount of requests we get for shit stories is kind of alarming. You guys really seem to like the shit stories. Is there a scat fetish hashtag we can advertise under? <laughs> is it just that poop's funny? I, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I mean, the one where, like, that lady shat herself like a fire hydrant going off oh, was pretty Oh, that hilarious. was pretty funny. <laughs> the video, honestly, it was, it was something else. It's like, was her, yeah, she I'm, was out running, wasn't she? Did that just build up pressure yeah. on her body and then she just went, like, I didn't know that running could do that to you. If so, I'm never taking it up as a hobby. You, have you ever seen those, like, like marathon runners and, like, they're running down a thing and their nipples are bleeding from the chafing and they've shat themselves uh, as well? I mean, it just doesn't... Yeah, it's not worth it. Pick a different hobby. Yeah, like, I'm not saying don't exercise, just do something else. You know, you can run shorter distances and still make a shit ton yeah. of money and be healthy. Or you could just, like, go for a walk. Oh, uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a professional nipple-bleeding shit-my-pants runner. I don't think that's what they would say, but... Oh. <laughs> I thought that's what okay. Marathon meant in Greek. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm back with some shit. You know what that means? The guy from, like, the story... Oh, no, he's not... Marathon is a true event. I think. The story of the guy who ran from thing to marathon and back to get troops. He probably mm-hmm. had chafed nipples and shat himself along the way. Really well, like maybe he just makes that story less heroic. And shat. Uh, who knows? Anyway, I'm back with a shit story. So a woman who lives in New Farm, which is apparently a suburb of inner Brisbane. Yeah, it's called New Farm, but it's like right in the CBD. It's like Redfern. Yeah, I was going to say New Farm. <laughs> it sounds like there should be farms. I'm like, sure a- it was a farm at one point. Probably. But anyway, <laughs> she found one of her neighbors pooping in her backyard. Could you imagine that walking outside and just seeing one of our neighbors shitting in the yard in a backyard? <laughs> the man did at least attempt to concealing like to conceal himself from view by putting himself between a car and a fence, but she still had a perfect view from her window of him shitting in her yard. <laughs> so she videoed it. Did he know? And posted it on Facebook, of course. <laughs> oh, to stop shitting in people's yards. What is it? Yeah, like why? Go in a toilet. That's what they're made if for. If you can't hold your shit while running, maybe you shouldn't be running. This is the thing, though. Was he running? It was one of her neighbours. She recognised him. Go home! <laughs> exactly! Why would you choose to do it in someone's yard as opposed to just going home and shitting in your own toilet? Apparently, though, he's seen her. I kept shitting. Wasn't phased. I mean, why? Wasn't phased. I guess. Did he just... I like to imagine he just stared her in the eyes and was just like... No, I think what happened is when he was cleaning up, he spotted her. Oh, no. But he apparently he didn't seem phased by it at all. He didn't hurry. He just calmly walked away when he was done. And just left it in her driveway? Yes. Ugh. So the woman that lived there commented that from his behavior and the fact that he came prepared with toilet paper meant that this was certainly not his first time. Hmm. Has he just like, was he not paying his water bill and he can't flush his toilet? I don't know. Like, it's genuinely confusing. I'm like, okay, so she says that she recognizes him from the neighborhood, but like, does she mean like from the same street? From does the she area? mean she's seen him down at the shops? Yeah. How far away is he from his house? I, I, I don't know. Don't know the answer to that. It sort of seems to me that I don't know how you could get into that desperate a situation that you just shit in someone's yard. <laughs> I, I heard a story last night. A local pub in our area i'm not going to say which one uh where someone found in the urinal a pint glass that someone had shat in and then left in the <gasps> urinal if you're in the bathroom <laughs> why <laughs> i don't understand maybe the you that was occupied they couldn't wait i'm kind of impressed though i don't know if i could shit into a cup yeah how do you do that and like i mean surely that's a talent at least like then you could put on a glove 
pick up the cup and put it in the bin and you're done. Right. Like, it would have been worse if they shat on the floor, I guess. But it just sounds more obscene that, like, they shat in the pint glass. Put it in the urinal of all places. I, I just, I think that if I, okay, so, so I was in a situation where I absolutely could not hold my shit like it was going to happen, right? Like wherever I was. I probably wouldn't think to shit in the glass I had in my hand. That would probably be like the last thing on my mind. Mm. I was, yeah, I was like, I wonder if they were dead to do it, maybe. Maybe, but also get new friends because. Yeah, what, what if someone walked in on you while you were like standing there in the middle of the bathroom yeah. shitting into a cup? Not into that. No? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, back to the woman in New Farm. I've got a quote from her. She said, He saw me when he walked away, but he didn't seem phased by me. Seems he was prepared for this. We've only just moved to New Farm and we thought it was a nice area. What is this? (laughs) It's shit, madam. Maybe that should be the title of this episode. What is this? (laughs) (laughs) But also, on the other hand, okay, say someone did come into our yard and just started shitting. What would you do? I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just let it happen because what are you going to do? Like, I, I feel like the thing I'd walk out there and be like, oi. <laughs> then they'd really shit themselves. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Go out there and throw paper towels at them and tell them to clean it up. Yeah, I actually don't know. I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just leave it and then try and hose it away or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> because clearly this woman didn't say anything either and just let it happen, but... You know what this person's going to do? What if he picks up his shit and throws it at you like a monkey? Well, I mean, there's the other side of that. What if they just come closer to you as they're shitting? Like, I, I don't want anything to do with it. They just turn around and run at you ass first. If these people are shitting in people's yards, who knows what they'll do? They have no fear. Seriously. <laughs> no shitting fear. <laughs> Move on from that. Segway that. <laughs> well, well, look, my, my story is also about uninvited guests. If you can call okay. that guy that. Um, old Phoebe Looms is back with another story for us. Phoebe! Didn't even notice. I was like Love scrolling Phoebe. up to like bookmark it. And I'm like, oh, Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> so our story is about Monica. You may remember her from the hit show Friends. Oh, yeah. No, this is yeah, I do, I do. I do recall that. Uh, so Monica, she's actually a Rockhampton resident. and Monica moved to Rockhampton? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so she noticed things have... Been a bit out of place in our home, or there's like food missing, and sometimes the CCTV was just disabled. Oh my god, I bookmarked this. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I didn't read it all though, so it almost. I just got to remember to unbookmark it. <laughs> but she only like dismisses, just like it just must be me. I'm forgetting. You know, she's got a young kid in the house. Could be the cause of it. Uh, until she came home last Monday, which was January the 18th. She comes home and she finds that the air conditioning is on. Her back door is open, and there's a half cooked pile of chicken nuggets on the kitchen counter this is so terrifying so uh she immediately decides to call the police which i feel is a very reasonable decision you know what i don't know if i would in that situation i'd probably be like oh fuck i've just forgotten i would blame myself for sure no fucking way (laughs) so the police arrive and we don't really have attics in australia but we do have like little manholes that let us get into the ceiling space Mm -hmm. they find one of those doors askew this is so scary quote from monica I felt like it was something out of a horror film. Why was he in the roof? What were his intentions? Mm. Was he there to harm us? Was he there to steal one of my kids? I'm meant to be the one that protects them and I feel like I failed. So there was a man living in their roof for months. So, I mean, I'm assuming, because I, I did see the headline, I'm assuming that he was homeless? I don't know. They didn't say because that in Because why else would you be living in someone's- My, my, headline, my headline just says, man horrif- Queensland mom horrified to discover intruder living in her roof. Because yeah, I'm like, why else would you choose to live in someone's roof? And if he'd been there for months, he was clearly wasn't trying to hurt them or anything. Maybe. 
We could be playing that long game. But like, I mean, possibly. What does, he, what does he do during the day? How do you stay up in the roof and keep quiet? Also, like, it's our roofs are not well insulated, mm. especially in like summer That's in why Rockhampton. I had the aircon on. Mm. Yeah, but he's clearly. I, I don't think that the aircon works in the roof. <laughs> well, no, he was down in the main house. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, when they found him, he was down in the main house, right? Because he was like getting cooked in the fucking roof. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I didn't mention, but she came home early from, like, a doctor's appointment. So, it sounds like the guy must have known her schedule to some degree to, like... Well, he could probably hear everything they were saying. Mm. That's crazy. That's so scary. Can you please get in our manhole and make sure no one's in there? <laughs> Do you reckon if I go into our roof space, because we share a wall with another we villa, do. do you reckon I could, like, climb into their roof from ours? <gasps> I fucking hope not. Because that's also terrifying. Police confirm it was a certainly unique incident. Um, is believing the intruder gained entry after stealing her car keys. Oh, that also had her house keys on it? I assume I'm so, assuming? yeah. I remember the night I went and saw Paranormal Activity for the first time. It was going back like, what, 10, 11 years now. I went home that night and I was the only one at home in my house. And this was back when there was something in the ceiling. They used to like, make a crawling and biting sounds. It was the weirdest thing. But like... We had a guy come and go into the ceiling during that time, and he said there were no signs of anything up there. And no one else ever heard the fucking sounds. Yeah, but aren't you sensitive? Couldn't it have been a ghost? <sighs> what, a ghost of what, a possum? Or a rat? Rat ghost! Yeah. I was going to say, it's probably more likely a, a possum than anything else. <laughs> I remember said, like, I once didn't had- didn't see signs of, like, anything chewing or anything, so- I don't know if possums chew on stuff like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I, I could hear, like, chewing and scratching noises. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. There's definitely something Worse. up there. Yeah, well, I once had a possum that was living in, a, in my roof that made a little hole. Yes. You've, I think you've shown me the picture where, like, his fur was sticking through? Yeah, his fur was just sticking out the <laughs> hole. Like, I could poke him. Like, <laughs> you should have poked him and then, like, fed little snacks to him through there. <laughs> well, we were feeding him out the front. We used to leave fruit and stuff out for him. I mean, we probably shouldn't have been encouraging uh, them staying there, but no, I also felt in. bad. Because it had a... Actually, I think it was a girl because I had a baby. You know the house I lived in in Ride that you delivered mail to? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We had a possum living on the back patio of that, like up in the little rafters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Australian possums are cute. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I like those filthy American possums that have invaded my country and must be destroyed. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not going to say... I don't know, because, like, sometimes you see a photo of one of those and they're cute. It's just so awkward to say opossum. Opossum, yeah. I don't know, like, occasionally you'll see a photo of one and you're like, oh, that's a bit cute. Hmm, I think they're But being... I will say Australian possums are much cuter than that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like the little ringtail ones. They are tiny and very cute. But they were the ones who gave me the worst injury of all the animals that bit me at the zoo. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, my fingers were numb the day after. Oh. <laughs> it was always the brush tail one they told me to watch out for. Well, they're much bigger. So. They are a lot bigger. But yeah, when I used to go in the uh, ringtail enclosure, which was set up like a fake little backyard, because I mean, that's where a lot of people <laughs> will see like possums. I'd go in there and they'd come out of their little box and then they'd jump on me and they'd run around me as I'm like sweeping and cleaning up their enclosure and stuff. That's so cute. Yeah, it was. <laughs> But then everyone would be watching me with these possums running around me. And I'm just like, this is really <laughs> awkward. Just standing, in like a feed them or something. just standing in a glass box with possums running all over my body while people outside watch me and tourists and shit. I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> it is weird, but I feel like there are worse days mm. to have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that brings... Uh, was there more to that story? That was it. Um, that was yeah, it? I do believe that does bring us to the yunyun and the bun... Yep. The yunyun. The yunyun. <laughs> The bunion? No, the bunyip. <laughs> bunyip, yeah. I remembered my joke. I was going to make a joke at the start of it about like how, oh yeah, like talk about yaoi chocolate again. I'm like, oh no, wait, I'm doing the bunyip. And then I was like, oh, I'll make a joke about bunions. And then I forgot to write it in. Oh God. <laughs> <sighs> 
And now you've spoiled it, so... Well, it's not there anymore, so I just wanted you to know. But I think I'm going to take a cold Coke break. Okay, could I also please have one? Because yes. I'm sweating. Fucking warm. What, what is the temperature right now? It is 37 degrees. Fuck. So what, what is that in freedom units? I guess for our American listeners, that is 99 Fahrenheit. Okay, oh, I'm, you're waiting for me, aren't you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk about the Yowie. Which I don't, I don't know. Like I knew what I know what an, a yaoi is. I've just I only ever really heard about them that much. Like I don't hear people talking about them that much. Yep. You know. So I will say first off before I even start talking about what a yaoi is, there's actually no proof that yaois exist, but there are a lot of reported sightings, and we're gonna talk about it a bit later. But there's a lot more than I realized. Okay. So I I think this might be kind of similar to the whole big cat thing, which I seem to be obsessed with, um, which, by the way, there was another sighting in Queensland last week. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so mm. that's why I picked the Yowie, because I feel like this is more in my realm of, uh, <laughs> of things that I usually talk about in the podcast. So you're probably wondering what the hell a Yowie is, especially if you're not Australian and it's not just a chocolate. <laughs> Damn. Just just going to say Who that. Who made the yaois? They are very tasty chocolates, but that's not what we're talking Who about. Who made yaoi chocolate? So basically a yaoi is the equivalent of a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch or a Yeti. It's like, and the physical description is basically the same as well. You know, a big, hairy, man-like creature. Okay, yaoi is made by Cadbury. It is. They're good. Ooh. Yaoiworld.com. It's dedicated to the yaoi chocolates. Oh. They've got games. Go. Yaoi games? Mm-hmm. So it is it is believed that the Yowie could be a Homo erectus. Okay. Which is an extinct species of humanoid, which I think if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, that they're considered like the missing link in human evolution. No. They're not the I don't think they're the missing link, but they are one of our pre like one of our ancestors. Look, the human like is basically where we're at. No, no. A few say it is a missing link. Okay, because I, I swear I heard that before, but I wasn't 100% sure. Because, I mean, there's a lot of theories around that. So anyway, uh, moving on from that, you would probably think that um, people see yaois in like the outback where there's, you know, it's not nothing. It's pretty, pretty deserted. Mm. Pardon the pun. And you'd be really wrong. Then like, people don't really see them in the outback. Hmm. According to the Australian Yowie research website, and that, that is a real thing. The vast majority of sightings come from New South Wales. Interesting. Followed by Queensland, which, you know, part of Queensland is desert, but the majority of it isn't. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that either. Mm. So I did kind so of like Homo something. erectus was the first of the old Homo whatevers to leave Africa, basically, and spread through the old world. Right. Okay. Mm. Most of the more recent sightings I could find were definitely in Queensland or northern New South Wales. So it kind of seems like that border area is a bit of a hot spot mm. for Yowie sightings, which is interesting. They apparently have footprints that are thought to be a Yowie. They've got like, you know, casts of footprints and stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah like finding big I didn't know that either. and things. Yeah. And there are people who dedicate their lives to researching them. Like the Australian Yowie research website is like, that's all they do. That's, that's their job. That's a, so. that's a cool job. Is it like that show on uh, Discovery Channel about the like Bigfoot hunters? I mean, it must be. Why, why don't we have yaoi hunters? <laughs> I just love that. It was like, yeah, <laughs> you, you got, I'm going to make a Bigfoot mating call. How do you know what that sounds like? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in saying that, on the um, Australian yaoi, yaoi research website, they did have audio recordings. Okay. So, which uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like Australia is a really hard one to take audio recordings and then say, like, 
it could be a yaoi because Australian animals sound fucking weird, especially at night. Yeah, I'm going to get into that when we talk about the bunyip. Okay, because, yeah, like, there are literally animals that sound like they're screaming. So <laughs> Yeah, I've been walking home at night and suddenly go to park screaming and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it sounds like a human scream, yeah, but it's no, it not. Was legit, it was like this. It was like, Aah! Like, that was the yeah. scream coming out of the park. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I didn't go in. I wasn't going to fuck with whatever was in there. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, so I don't know how you could sort of differentiate with, like, oh, no, this thing's definitely a yowie. But I mean, they obviously know more than I do. Also, so before I forget the bunyip, uh, its majority of sightings are centralized to Victoria and southern New South Wales. Interesting. Mm. Okay. In 2015, Ipswich was thought to be a Yowie hotspot. Okay. But I do have the first ever account of a Yowie, which was in 1882. I was going to say, are there any long-lasting Indigenous Australian records of a Yowie? Okay, yes, there is. Mm. But I'm talking about the first written account. Okay. Which, I mean, that's the only thing we have to refer back to. But yes, there is like, yeah, Indigenous stories of Yowie sightings. I do go into that a bit later because mm. clearly, even though this first written account we have is from 1882, clearly people had seen them before yeah, that. That's what I was just trying to make sure there wasn't just something that started happening once Europeans arrived. No, no. I mean, 1882, how long had we been here? Not long. So Not I think long. you guys got here in 17 what? something. Fuck, I don't know. 1770? God, I don't know our history. I also don't really care. <laughs> 1788. 1788. January 26th, okay, so 1788, been- as we were talking about that bullshit <laughs> earlier. Okay, so 1882, I guess we've been here for a bit, mm. but I don't know how much we'd explored at that point. So Hen- Henry James McCooey, which, great name, by the way, wrote of his encounter, and I'm just going to read it out to you. I it's mean, a little bit long. So Australia has only it. been inhabited by Europeans for 233 years. Mm. Anyway, going to read out his encounter, mm-hmm. and uh, he describes it in detail. So, I should think that if it was standing perfectly upright, it would be nearly five feet high. It was tailless and covered in very long black hair, okay. which was of a dirty red or snuff color about the throat and breast. Okay, so he's saying, sorry, this is old English, so he's saying that it was like a, d- a different color on the face and chest? I think so. Area? Mm. Okay. Its eyes, which were small and restless, were partly hidden by matted hair that covered its head. The length of the forelegs and arms seemed to be striking, strikingly out of proportion with the rest of its body. But in all other respects, its build seemed to be fairly proportional. It would weigh a pro- probably about eight stone, which doesn't seem like a lot. On the whole, it was a most uncouth and repulsive looking <laughs> creature. How uncouth? uncouth. <laughs> Evidently possessed of strength and one which I should not care to come in close quarters with. Oh, this is very proper. Having sufficiently satisfied my curiosity, I threw a stone at the animal. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, you uncouth creature, back! <laughs> Whereupon it immediately rushed off, followed by the birds, and disappeared in a ravine which was close at hand. Does he say how it moved? No, just says it disappeared. My, my first thing is like, rushed like, off. Is this just like a fucked up kangaroo? <laughs> It doesn't sound like it to me because he's saying that its arms were out of proportion. Yeah, as I said, fucked up kangaroo. But like out of proportion in a way that they were too big for its body, which a kangaroo would be the opposite. No, but I'm saying like that's why the kangaroo's fucked up. Like it's got some weird disease. Maybe. And it was like- also tailless. I don't know. It it does sound like something that I don't recognize, but also what fauna was alive at that time that isn't anymore. In- I don't interestingly, know. Interestingly, it kind of also matches to some degree some descriptions of the bunyip. Yeah, I think I think this is kind of the reason that a lot of people talk about these two things together because there are similarities, mm. but I do feel like the Yowie is just more like your Bigfoot legend, yeah. basically. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty detailed account. 
of a yaoi. Um, so it is interesting to note that they aren't as tall as we would probably think either. So a lot of the accounts are under six foot. Yeah, I was gonna when you said five foot, I'm like, oh, that's mm. whatever. I'm fucking kick the shit out of that bunny, uh, yaoi. <laughs> so yeah, they're not like huge creatures either, which kind of makes sense if people do think that they're Homo erectus because they were shorter, right? don't know the exact height of Homo erectus, but I know over in Indonesia, you have that island that had really short Homo... I keep going to say Homo sapiens, but that's not correct. But like, you know, there was another like humanoid species of man. That sounds weird as well. I can't think of what they're called, but they call them like the Island of the Hobbits because Lord of the Rings was popular at the time they were discovered. You might remember Lucy, I think, is the most well-known of them. But it was like an mm-hmm. island in Indonesia where, yeah, they were like just a race of people that never got over like four foot. Yeah, well, I which think is quite as a species, close. humans are getting taller over time. Yeah, but it's also interesting to know, like, well, Indonesia is not that far away from Australia. True. Landbridge, is it possible? I mean, that's like a huge speculation, but... It clearly sounds to me like this person seemed a, what was essentially a hairy man-like creature. Since then, probably the most well-known encounter, or at least the most spoken about anyway, was from a man named Tony Duffy. Um, and I can't remember what year this was. I'm so sorry, but it wasn't that long ago. Like, we're talking within the past 20 to 30 years. Okay. He spotted one in the bush near Gympie. So again, Queensland. And he spent some time with multiple Yowies, and he thought that they were a family. So he thought it looked like a male, a female, and their child. Okay. And he was even able to teach the Yowie a few words in English. And he claims that they're very intelligent. Well, where have they gone? Where, why didn't you take any photos? They came back to him a few times before he stopped seeing them in the area. So he had multiple encounters with them. But you never they thought coming to record back. it? What, what year was this? Yeah, I can't remember. Hang on, wait. Let me just quickly Google it. Tony Duffy. I didn't write it down. I don't know why I didn't write it down. 2014. Yeah, no, fuck off. Tony. Or at least that's when the article is dated. Tony, it's 2014. Bullshit, you didn't have access to a camera. It does make reference to 1977. But it says former Queensland Senator Bill O'Chee was one of more than a dozen people, including fellow high school students and teachers who claimed to see have seen such a creature at a Springbrook campsite in 1977. Hmm. Doesn't have anything to do with um, Mr. Duffy's account. Yeah, all of the articles about uh, Tony Duffy's stories from 2014. Okay. Sorry. Uh, he, he said, my whole mission is to protect them and to convince people to leave them alone and not hurt them. Maybe he thought filming them would mean that people would come and try to capture them or something like that. I don't know. I mean, probably, in the last 12 months, I have had close contact with Yowies on at least seven occasions. Last 12 months. So it's 2014 then. Yeah. So, well, he, he's claiming that he's seen them many times and had some kind of interaction with them. So another man whose name is Dean Harrison has said that he's had two close encounters with Yowies and he's claimed that they tried to kill him both times, which... Like, the other encounters that I read, they don't seem, like... Aggressive? Aggressive. Mm. So, this one's weird to me. Not the bunyip. But it was one that kept coming up, so I thought I'd talk about it. a counterpoint, the bunyip is... The bunyip is quite uh, murderous. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. But um, Yowie yeah, seem to be more scared of us mm. than we are of them. But th- this account is not like that. So, he said he nearly... Uh, he, he, this is a quote from him. I nearly got taken down by one in 1997, and that was really scary. It was only by the grace of God that I survived. I made a phone call at 11 p.m. in a clearing before going into the bush. If I hadn't, I wouldn't be here today. This thing really meant business. But the crunchier one was in 2009, and if a few guys weren't there to rescue me, I wouldn't be here. That took me a good eight months to get over. The scary thing is that Yowies have a massive advantage over us because of their eyesight in the dark. The thing that knocked me over ran 
down a hill in pitch darkness past obstacles, trees and logs. The angles are so steep, but it sprinted down them. It didn't miss a beat. Why are you in the bush at night? The whole thing is that it, the article that I read or articles I read about this Dean guy was that he seems to be a Yowie researcher. Hmm. So, I don't know. So, if you are interested in other sightings, those were two that just kept coming up in my Google searches. I highly recommend visiting the Australian Yowie Research website, um, which I'm going to link in the show notes, because there are hundreds of sightings. And it's not like all within just like one time frame. They are, they go back like to 1882. So, they have like full lists of sightings listed by state. And there's just, there's so many more than I thought there would be. Hmm. It does seem a lot more spotted and more common than the bunyip. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know it was that regular that people seen them. I guess you don't really hear about it. Maybe it's because, oh, those crazy people think they've seen a cryptid again. <laughs> yeah, like I, I didn't easily... I was, I, I'm checking now and I didn't really have any super recent accounts of a bunyip that I came across. So um, so I did, I did know here that there are also stories from Indigenous Australians that sound very similar to a yaoi, but they could also be a bunyip. So it's hard to say if maybe they're the same story, but have over time mm. become separate i'm not sure i guess it's up to you to make up your own mind whether you think yaoi's are real there's no proof no photos no nothing like that so i don't know but th- then there's a part of me that's like so many people have seen them there are so many sightings <sighs> that clearly people are seeing something whether it's a yaoi or not they're seeing something that looks like one yeah i don't know I mean, like the height kind of me feels like a kangaroo in the dark could easily be mistaken for one it's the long arms that get me because mm. the, the consistent thing in a lot of sightings is that they have really long arms. Okay. Kind of like an ape. Mm. So that's the thing that sort of makes you think it's probably not a kangaroo. I don't know. People are seeing something that they don't know what it is. Are there any like, because I did find in my research of the bunyip that there are, there was even at one point like an outline indigenous Australians to an area had drawn of a local bunyip. And they used to go back every year and retrace it till Europeans came along and kind of ended that practice God. one way or another. Okay. Um, yeah, nothing. I didn't find anything mm. um, to that extent. Um, I will say that everything I found was written by white people. Yeah, I, I found the same with the bunyip. Um, but I also found like reasons as to why that's the case. So Yeah, so it is kind of hard for me to say uh, what indigenous Australians seen or believed before we got here. Mm. I kind of wish that that stuff was easier to find. Problem is... But it just makes it easier to understand. They didn't have written language. They were very much an oral society. So yeah. There's lots of civilizations like that to leave no record behind. So I I guess the only question I have is, do you think yaoi's are real? No. No? No. I'm not sure I think a yaoi is real. It's just there's something. Yeah. People are seeing something. Yeah. So what I was researching for the bunyip, I came across this uh, newspaper writing about this that was uh, inscribed on this riverbank of the bunyip. And it was um, a guy saying, like, no race of man in all of human history has, like, inhabited one nation for so long and left so little behind of what they were than, like, the Aborigines of Australia, because that's what fucking time what they would call it back then. And, he, you know, he went on, he's like, you know, you've got, like, the Egyptian pyramids and all these lists of all these accomplishments, like, all these lists of he's like, and they've left us nothing. I'm like, mm, I mean, not really. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not sure, sure they would have left us a ton of stuff had things gone differently. You know yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, that's a complicated subject. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, you're, you're measuring all those civilizations purely based on the shit they built. Yeah, exactly. And for an, a, a people who are nomadic. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look at Mongolia. They weren't really building stuff. Mongolia, like Genghis Khan, oh, sorry, Genghis Khan, huge impact on the history of the world. No one talks about the shit he built. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's very strange. And like, you know, I, I, I feel like we do have stuff. There is, but there's like a lot of stuff. I, I talk about like when I went to the Adelaide Museum and I discovered that like they, the Edition Australians in that area at least, they had invented giant matchsticks that they used to start fire. Picture literally mm. a matchstick, but it's the size of a human. And I'd never heard of these before in my life until I went to this museum. I'm like, this is really cool. Why was this not taught in high school? I mean, I don't really feel like I was taught much at all. No. Australian history is school. pretty boring because it's very short and most of it is just like, yeah, we turned up, we abused the local people and then we went to Except war. they don't tell you that in school. Uh, and then we went in another war, uh, mm. and then we tagged along for Vietnam. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's essentially it. That's it. But I mean, like, you know, they don't they don't teach that in school mm. about, you know, genocide. <laughs> they definitely do not uh, teach us that. I did a little bit when I went through, like, we were learning about, like, specific massacres and shit that happened to people and things, so. I mean, yeah, they definitely didn't, you know, mention that white people just, like, killed all the indigenous mm. people here. That was definitely not taught to me. Mm. Okay. So, it like might have been slowly changing. But. Anyway. Because it's fucking hot and I want to stop recording this podcast so I can go. Yeah, I was going to say, I am getting so hot right now. So, I'll try and keep this quick. <laughs> so, I, I think the reason that we're talking about indigenous Australians is because the Bunyip is a, a story from indigenous People, right? Yeah, it is. It it's goes back a very long way, but there's not much about it, and they're very reluctant to speak of it. So again, a lot of my accounts are going to come from Europeans. So it's a uh, the Bunyip itself. That word is a name originating from the Wemba Wemba, or I'm going to probably say this one wrong, Wergaya language of the indigenous peoples of Victoria. Because as I mentioned, okay. most of the Bunyip sightings have been in the southeastern corner of Australia. So it's really around this area, which kind of makes sense because it's an amphibious creature. There's a lot of waterways around here, so it makes sense that it wouldn't really be in the outback. Well, I've I've heard a theory before that um, that bunyips were sort of a cautionary tale for children to not go into the water. Yep. But I thought it might have been because of like crocodile attacks. Well, we'll so it being down we'll, here we'll doesn't make any it. sense. Like for it is that. widespread. Like, it is across okay. the entire country, there's been reports of bunyips, but most of them okay. are from this area. Uh, it goes by a few other names, such as the Tanuk Bun, the Molya Wonk, or Molya Wonk, uh, the Molgei Wonk. I'm sorry, I have no idea how to pronounce any of these things, and the Katten Pie. But these days, it's just the bunyip. Everyone knows bunyip. That's really become the term that's caught on. As I said, all the grants agree that it is amphibious, it's largely nocturnal. And it lives in swamps, billabongs, creeks. You know, it, 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 it revolves around water. Never strays yes. far from the water. As for what it looks like. Now, from what I understand, that's highly debated. Yes. A lot of the time it's described as like a four-legged creature resembling a seal to some degree. Other accounts, you're looking at more like a weird chimera creature that resembles an emu. Uh, a crocodile, as you mentioned. Uh, although in the video I was watching, she called it an alligator, but she was American, so I'll let that slide. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll forgive her. Um, <laughs> and in one case, which I thought was kind of terrifying, a ginormous starfish. Yeah, I've heard that one as well. And I've heard that it can be like a mishmash of all of these yes, things. That's what I meant by like, chimera. Yeah. And also, weirdly, horses, which I think is quite interesting because yeah. horses <laughs> did not exist in Australia until... Europeans arrived. Um, mm. It is worth noting that the general description of what a bunyip looks like does morph over time. We'll go into that in a bit. It's been described with having shaggy long hair, not unlike our Yowie friend a moment ago. Other accounts, it's got mm -hmm. feathers. Sometimes it has scales. 
you know, like, it's like, is there multiple things vying to be the Bunyip? Possibly. It, it sort of seems like every account of a Bunyip sighting, it looks different. Mm. I've got this great picture I'm going to send through to you. This is a drawing that's on Wikipedia, actually. This is an artist's impression of a bunyip from 1935. I wouldn't even know what to describe that creature as. Ugh! I hate it. <laughs> I don't know how to describe oh, this Oh, that to is you. so terrifying. So we'll just post it on our Instagram and on the Twitter probably will turn up. It's kind of like a seal and an octopus got freaky and had a weird baby. Yeah! It's fucking weird. But the face is also not either of those. No. No, the face kind of looks like Weeping Bell from Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, I hate it. So I'm going to quote uh, a Wikipedia, a, a source that Wikipedia mentioned when I was looking on there by, it was a book called Aborigines of Victoria. It was written in 1878 by a Robert Bro Smythe. Well, that explains the language. So apologies for one part of the language here, but he wrote, in truth, little is known among the blacks respecting its form, covering or habitats. <sighs> they appear to have been in such dread of it as to have been unable to take note of its characteristics. Oh, so he's saying that he thinks that they were so fearful of it. That they couldn't even get a good look at it or describe it. Like, from what I've learned from looking at the research, yeah, it just seems that typically the Indigenous Australians, they really don't want to talk about it. Right, okay. You know, they're like, yep, it's there. We really don't want anything to fucking do with it. So, like, it is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that, like, you know, they have a respectful fear for it, I suppose. Like, it's this thing. We don't want to fuck with it. We're going to leave it as it is. So, by all accounts, it's some kind of weird water spirit. Okay. As we said, most often described as seal-like, and this has led some non-Indigenous people to believe its origin lies in actually seals. Occasionally it does happen here in Australia where seals turn up really far fucking up inland because they go up the rivers. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the rivers in this area have since been dammed, but it's thought before that damming happened, you know, things like seals or dugongs could have gone up the river. Australia actually has- Oh, uh, dugongs actually a really good, um, probably- Dugong's not bad. Example of where it's come from. Um, I mean, Dugong's also famous for mermaids. Don't know why everyone mistakes True, which Dugong's I'm like, how shit. the fuck did that happen? Because they're literally a sea cow. No, but if you have ever seen the underside of a Dugong and its skeleton comes through, it does actually sort of form the shape of like a human. It's kind of yeah, fucking weird. Yeah, okay. Dugong's are actually really they cute. Are. Australia <laughs> like has them. one of the world's highest populations of Dugong's. So that also hmm. breeds like credibility to this. Yeah. The other thing about the Bunyip is it has a really... It's got a cry that it does at night, and it's like a ooh, ooh, ooh kind of noise. Which sounds like a seal. Like a seal. So that's why a lot of people are like, seals are a good case for, you know, if I heard that in the middle of the fucking Australian outback at nighttime, I'd also be like, what the fuck is that? It's going to be near water. <laughs> it matches a lot of the descriptions. So there's a possibility there. It could have been a seal. Seals that come up land. And even while I've been living in Australia, some town here in Victoria that's like hundreds of kilometers from the coast had a seal turn up in it. Because it just came up the riverways. It does happen. That's what happens. Uh, other theories, of course, relate to extinct megafauna. It's a great case. I mean, I think that's probably a really good uh, case for yeah. it, too. Because when people first came and inhabited Australia, they were living alongside a lot of megafauna still. Uh, you know, 40,000 years. A lot of mm. these animals did not go extinct. That Like, mammoths only went extinct when the pyramids were being built. We still had mammoths on Earth. You know, it's not that long ago. Geological times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we could be thinking here things like, as we said before... Uh, a lot of indigenous Australian, I guess, folklore, stories, tales, all that is being orally passed down. Mm-hmm. You know, the next person says it. It's like that game of telephone you know you play in school. 
where you whisper mm. something into Fran's ear, they repeat it, goes down the line, and it gets to the end, it's changed. So, yeah. you know, if that happens over the course of, like, 40,000 years, this description of this old creature <laughs> maybe gets yeah. a bit lost. 20,000 years after this thing's gone extinct, you have a hard time of believing that's ever existed. So, alterations of these morph into a bunyip. You've also got possibilities of, again, these creatures go extinct. 5,000 years later, people start finding the bones of these animals and go, like, what the fuck? Personally, I believe the tale of the Cyclops from Greek mythology comes from occasionally it does happen where people are born and they are cyclops you know they've only got one eye yeah it's like some horrible mutation happens to them i think a lot of mythology from olden times it comes down to weird creatures that were vaguely human come from unfortunate people who were born mutated or something was wrong with them they've got a deformity for whatever reason, they've managed to survive a long time you know they had parents who actually cared about them you know maybe hid them away from the world people see them they're like wow this thing's a freak. I'm going to write a story about it that more so over time. I mm. think that's where a lot of these stories of like, yeah, cyclopses and things come from is cases like that. And I think that's the case here. Well, I, I always assumed that the bunyip was a fable that, yeah, it was like a warning to kids to knock on the water. Yeah. It was like the boogeyman. Yeah. I think I heard that theory somewhere before and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that actually does kind of make I'm sense. I'm quite fond of that theory as well, especially because all the mm. incidents involving it, it's always near water and it's always like people go down to the water at night or like they're playing near the water and they yeah, exactly. and kills them and takes them. Well, I mean, and this is the thing, all of the like really dangerous stuff like crocodiles, sharks, they're all active at dusk and dawn. Yep. So yep. makes total sense that that's what they're trying to warn people to not go yeah. in the water for. You know, again, this goes back to, we spoke about the whirlpool thing up in yeah and i said then i'm like this is a, how it's haunted i'm like no that's a story to keep people away from it another person died then not that oh, long for ago fuck's sake stop going in it <laughs> yeah i know right like there's signs everywhere you know the story just don't go in there interesting i learned there is a bird that is called the bunyip bird <gasps> really yes i didn't know that either um that, that's its common name the bunyip bird it lives near water and it has quite Ooh. a distinct call you want to know what that call sounds like okay Ooh. Again, matching a seal. I think this is why, I, I think what happened was this bird, whoever identified this bird and first, well, first Europeans to identify this bird, they know the story of the bunyip. They find this bird like, hey, this is like a fucking bunyip. I'm going to call it the bunyip bird. I was going to say, which one came first? <laughs> oh my God. He's cutely terrifying looking. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how else to describe him. Yeah. So there's a case. I don't, I don't know. If, I, I don't think this. I mean, that would account for feathered stories of the bunyip, actually. It would. Because there's one story where a woman goes down to the water at night to get water. The bunyip kills her. The next day, they try to go out to find her or get her back or get revenge, and all they find is a bloody feather. Mm. So, so far, we've got, like, seals for the shagged furred ones. We've got the bunyip bird for the feathers, and we've got crocodiles for the scaled accounts. I'm just trying to think of how to describe what the bunyip bird looks like. A bird? And I'm struggling. <laughs> it's really fluffy. I think you're looking at a baby. Oh, are they fluffy when they're babies? Because yeah. I was going to say, when it's a ba- like when it's fluffy, it looks kind of cute, but then it gets real terrifying <laughs> looking. We'll, we'll find some uh, good ones and share them in like the Instagram and stuff. Hopefully I can yeah, we I'll try and will, find but- a recording of it making noise as well. That'd be kind of cool. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'll try. So, where are we, Bunny Bird? So as we've been discussing, it does seem to me that like the bunyip is a warning of the dangers of water to some degree, um, which is, as I said, something we've discussed. Many tales of it are grabbing people that go near water. Some reports indicate the bunyip has magic powers and can lure people towards it, kind of like a siren, I guess. 
Mm, I think that's the okay. thing about the Bunyip is it, I, I find things that draw parallels to other mythologies, like the sirens. It really is just like this huge mishmash of different things. Yes. Yeah. And it changes. Yeah. Uh, despite the danger and the threat, though, that like the Bunyip presents, to attack one or to harm it is often considered a taboo. Yes. So there's a tale of a steamship, so it's a European account, being blocked in a river by a bunyip, and the captain's like, well, fuck this, I'm just going to shoot it. And the people in the boat are like, no, you shouldn't do that, it'll be really bad, you'll have a horrible death. Anyway, he kills the bunyip. Don't know why no one <laughs> thought to fucking grab it. Then suddenly he starts, not like suddenly, but like over the next two weeks, he starts breaking out and there's like these really bad blisters and sores and things, and that ultimately kills him. So, you know, don't fucking kill the bunyip, just stay away from it. Yeah, exactly. After European influence comes into Australia, the Bunyip's appearance changes and it starts taking on more human-like appearances. So I don't know, is this a case of like the story melding to like serve as a warning about these new white men who have turned up and are a danger? Mm, okay. There is one interesting case where the Bunyip is reported to be like a fish man with matted reeds for hair. This sounds a lot to me like the description of a kappa from Japanese folklore. Again, going back to like, I keep drawing parallels to other creatures. Mm. Even the yaoi can match the description of a bunyip sometimes. It's weird. Yeah, exactly. Like, the bunyip just is whatever the fuck it wants to be. So, a couple of accounts here. 1818, Hamilton Hume, who I assume is the Hume that the highway is named after. Yeah, probably. Uh, him and his mate James, they're out at Lake Bathurst and they find some large bones. He doesn't call it a bunyip in his account, but he thought they might be hippopotamus or manatee bones. Um, someone asked Hippopotamus? Him, yeah, well, you know, it's 1818. They don't know what they're going to find. I mean, I guess true. Fair point. Some society was like, oh, sweet. Can you go back and get the bones for us? He never does for whatever reason. He never around to it. He was busy building a highway oh, or God. something. <laughs> um, what's worth noting here is that the extinct mass megafauna marsupial diptrodon its bones are often described as being very similar to that of a hippopotamus. So it's likely they just found the skeleton of an old Which, which one is the diptotron? Dipro. Dip, that, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've spelled it wrong here. Yeah. Is that, is that the giant wombat? Kind of. Mm, okay. Diptotron. In 1830, the bones of a quadruped said to be larger than an ox, are found in the Wellington Caves. Uh, a Sydney reverend by the name of John Dunmore Lang, for whatever reason, decided that this discovery was proof of the flood from the story of Noah. Uh, sure. Okay, buddy. I don't know why, but <laughs> all right. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. <laughs> uh, these bones were actually later identified as marsupial, again belonging okay. to not only Diptrodon, but also another megafauna marsupial called Nototherium. I don't know what that looks like. I didn't Maybe we should talk about megafauna because we had some fucked up shit. <laughs> All megafauna is weird. Yeah. I think it doesn't help that like we don't really know what the animals look like beyond their bone yeah, structure. So like, when we draw bones. them, they look weird. Yeah. Um, so in that area, though, there were also local accounts, um, like going back generations through indigenous peoples, of a large animal that used to once live in the creeks and rivers there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, it could be going back to, like, they have memories of these extinct creatures from their ancestors yeah. who were living alongside them. It's been passed down. Uh, I'm going to be quoting now a newspaper report from 1845. So, again, please excuse the language in this next part. On the bone being shown to an intelligent black, he at once recognized it as belonging to the Bunyip, which he declared he had seen. On being requested to make a drawing of it, he did so without hesitation. Ooh, this okay. is notable as it's the first written use of the word Bunyip. In 1845. Okay. And it actually came from the Geelong Advertiser, which is a city south of Melbourne. Interesting. Um, this was in relation, like, bones were found, this story comes out, and it was in relation to an indigenous woman who was killed by a bunyip 
in the area, along with a man by the name of Mumborin, who had several deep wounds across his chest, which he said he got from a bunyip attack. Interesting. Hmm. So these are like first-hand accounts yeah, of someone being attacked by a bunyip. Yeah. Interesting. My thoughts on the bunyip, I don't think it's a mythical creature. I don't think it is its own thing. I'm quite certain that the bunyip is a case of, one, it's a warning to people about the dangers of water. Two, it stems from people seeing strange animals that they're not used to. So again, like the seals mm-hmm. coming up inland, things like that. Uh, European explorers, obviously, they turn up. The indigenous people tell them about the stairway of the bunyip. They then go out into the outback. They're seeing all these weird fucking creatures that they've never seen before in their lives because they're used to like European animals. And Australian at fauna is a very weird looking set of creatures oh yeah compared to the rest of the world you know mm. so i can see where like this ticks the gears over like what am i fuck am i looking at what is this this must be a bunyip mm, kind okay. of thing so i'm more inclined to believe that the bunyip yeah it's like an old story about the dangers of water that got mixed with some weird creatures along the way and some oral tradition passed down from when people used to live with megafauna and it's all just sort of morphed mm. together into this blob of a creature yeah and i think i think that kind of does explain it well because it, it feels like every time you read a bunyip sighting, um, I was going to say encounter, but people don't really have encounters with them. Mm. But every time someone sees one, the description is different. Yeah. Which, like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. At least if you're yelling, the, the description yeah, was, was at least somewhat the same each time. Consistent. Same with Bigfoot, yeah. same with, like, the Yeti, you know? It's mm. always, like, it matches things. Fucking aliens always fucking big-eyed green men. Well, I mean, gray. there's, like, four types of aliens, isn't there? No, I don't fucking know. But the bunyip... The, I mean, the bunyip might as well be a fucking traditional biblical alien. Uh, not alien, angel for Ike. You know, back when angels were these terrifying things. Yeah. I mean, it makes me wonder if, um, like, the word bunyip isn't right either. I mean, not that, not not for what we're referring to, but what I mean is because, you know, um, indigenous groups had all their own language. Well, yeah, like I said, there were tons of words for it. It's just over time we've all settled on the use of bunyip. But yeah, it seems like they're settled on that term pretty early. 1845. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm wondering if like, for example, I mean, this is pure speculation. If someone knows the answer to this, please tell me. I would love to learn. Um, but I'm like, was bunyip a word that was used over different groups? No, like I said at the start of the story, I they... mentioned several other names for it. So it did originally have no, different no, no. names. Well, what I mean groups. is like, that doesn't mean that the word bunyip wasn't in their language. Maybe they could have been referring to something else, but they thought it was the same thing. Mm. And that sort of accounts for why every bunyip sighting is looks different could be i mean i don't don't know that much about language so i could be totally wrong that's just a theory i just came up with on the fly um but yeah i mean it is a hard one and i think it's just hard because they all are so different and it's not like oh like this one detail was different no 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 you get like weird different mashups of of animals like you know one that looks like half crocodile half bird like it's just Mm. the drawing the the carving of that one that was on, like, the bank of that river I mentioned, it looked like a weird emu with very short legs. Oh, okay. Yeah, quite often, like, it's, like, emu with, like, a horse head or something like that. So it's very... There's, like, different kinds of bunyips. Some have long necks. Others don't. I they mean, seal that's bodies. also possible. I've seen ones with, like, dog faces. Yeah, one that when I just Googled it quickly while we were talking, a lot of them were cat-like. Which, again... Like a lot of the depictions were cat-like. Sparked, of course, was me saying, are these big cat sightings bunyips? Well, I mean, maybe... 
The only thing really missing from the cat stories now, though, is water. But yeah, I mean, that's true. They're generally seen places where there isn't a lot of water. So One source I used for this was a YouTube video. There's a series of, like on YouTube that doesn't have a lot of views. I mean, it's like hundreds of thousands of views, but like huge mega views. And I think it's really good called Monstrum. Um, she's okay. done a video on the Bunyip. She might have done one on the Yowie as well. Um, I didn't see it. This but... professor called Emily Zaka, and she just does things like... Her whole job is talking about like these mythical creatures and like legends and things. So she did a really cool series on zombies recently. Um, she's talked about like Dracula. She's talked about like just go look it up. I think the YouTube account now is called Storied. They have some other content on there as well. I don't watch any of it. I just pay attention to the Monstrum series. But yeah, they talk about like classic monsters. Um, and they go to the ones from like cultures that I don't know, like a couple of like Filipino ones and like Filipino monsters are fucking terrifying, but also really cool. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The Philippines in the past, like, make these creatures come to the mind of people, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. We're talking about, like, a vampire lady, effectively, who splits off from her bottom half and then, like, goes into your bed at night and, like, licks you to death and shit. Yeah, don't love that. That's a bad description of it, but yeah. Check it out. <laughs> now I kind of feel bad that I gave you the bunyip, because I feel like the bunyip is so much harder to describe than the yaoi. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, I guess those are a couple of Australian cryptids that, especially if you're not from here, you might not have heard it before. Mm. I mean, I say cryptids because there's no solid proof that either of these things exist. But I mean, I guess there's no solid proof to say that they don't. Mm. So, but I don't feel like there's much more we have to say. Do we want to quickly wrap this up and get out of here? Because we've got to get to Bunnings. I was going to say, I am fucking dying. Yeah, My car is aircon. It's so hot in here. I just, I can't. Just cancel summer. <laughs> If we're going to cancel anything next, can it be summer, please? <laughs> As always, if you want like to send us an email, you can do so at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fmedeadpodcast. And you can now visit our new and improved website at fuckmedeadpodcast.com. If you're so inclined, please subscribe or leave us a review. It really does help us out. Be forever grateful. And of course, now, if you'd like to donate to the show or help us out or anything, of course, you can find us on coffee, coffee.com slash fmedeadpodcast. I think that's everything. Our outro is so short now. Yeah. I'm going to get used to it eventually, but today's not that day. <laughs> yeah, but we got 50 minutes to get to Bunnings. <laughs> okay. All right. Because like a Sunday in Australia means you have to go to Bunnings. Yep. It's just the rules. I don't make oh, I saw someone on Instagram <laughs> have a Bunnings snag today. They're back. Oh, they're probably not there now. No. Because I, I, I would go one right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much again for listening this week. And we'll be back at the same time next week. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.